don't be afraid. Lock the doors. Turn out the lights. And climb into bed. It's time for Hillbilly Dead Time Stories. Mediums and psychics have been under a microscope since the days of Nostradamus in the 1500s. The term medium became a household word during the spiritualism movement in the 1800s and the early 1900s. The movement was made popular by the Fox sisters in the 1840s. Still, several scrutinized mediums and psychics as con artists, most notably magician Harry Houdini. But surely not all mediums were charlatans. One medium in particular seemed to have an amazing gift. Or did she? Today you will learn about the last woman ever to be charged with the crime of witchcraft in the UK, Helen Duncan. Victoria Helen McFarlane was born in Scotland on the 25th of November, 1897. At school, she alarmed her fellow pupils with her dire prophecies and hysterical behavior, to the distress of her mother, who was a member of the Presbyterian Church. After leaving school, she worked at Dundee Royal Infirmary. In 1916, she married Henry Duncan, a cabinet maker and a wounded war veteran, who was very supportive of her supposed paranormal talents. A mother of six, she also worked part-time in a bleach factory. In 1926, she developed from clairvoyant to physical medium by offering seances in which she claimed to be able to permit the spirits of recently deceased persons to materialize by emitting ectoplasm from her mouth. In 1928, photographer Harvey Metcalf attended a series of seances at the house of Duncan. During a seance, he took various flash photographs of Duncan and her alleged materialization spirits, including her spirit guide, Peggy. The photographs that were taken revealed the spirits to be fraudulently produced, such as a doll made from a painted papier-mâché mask draped in an old sheet. In 1931, the London Spiritualist Alliance reported the photographs that were taken revealed the spirits to be fraudulently produced, such as a doll made from a painted papier-mâché mask draped in an old sheet. In 1931, the London Spiritualist Alliance examined Duncan's method. An early examination of the pieces of Duncan's ectoplasm revealed it was made of cheesecloth, paper mixed with the white of an egg, and lavatory paper stuck together. One of Duncan's tricks was to swallow and regurgitate some of her ectoplasm. She was persuaded to swallow a tablet of methylene blue before one of her seances by the LSA committee to rule out any chance of this trick being performed. And because of this, no ectoplasm appeared. The committee in the report concluded that the material was swallowed by Miss Duncan at some time previous to the sitting and subsequently regurgitated by her for the purpose of exhibition. A piece of the ectoplasm from one of Duncan's early seances 
was obtained and secured in a bottle of distilled water. It was given to psychical researcher Harry Price, who was originally enthusiastic about the sample. However, when he gave the sample to a chemist for analysis, it was discovered that it was made from egg white mixed with chemicals. Price would later duplicate Duncan's ectoplasm with similar substances. In 1931, Price paid Duncan 50 pounds to perform a number of test seances. She reacted violently at attempts to x-ray her, running from the laboratory and making a scene in the street where her husband had to restrain her, thereby destroying the controlled nature of the test. In a seance on January 6, 1933 in Edinburgh, it is alleged that the spirit of a little girl called Peggy emerged in the seance room. A sitter named Essen Mall grabbed her and the lights were turned on and the spirit was revealed to be made from a stockinette undervest. The police were called and Duncan was prosecuted and fined at 10 pounds. The undervest was used as evidence which led to Duncan's conviction of fraudulent mediumship at the Edinburgh Sheriff Court trial on the 11th of May, 1933. The spiritualist journal Light endorsed the court decision that Duncan was fraudulent and supported Price's investigation that revealed her ectoplasm was cheesecloth. Duncan's husband was also suspected of acting as her accomplice by hiding her fake ectoplasm. During World War II in November 1941, Duncan held a seance in Portsmouth in which she claimed the spirit materialization of a sailor told her the HMS Barham had been sunk. This was interesting because the sinking of the HMS Barham had not been made public information yet. In fact, the sinking had only been revealed in strict confidence to the relatives of casualties and not announced to the public until late January 1942, the Navy started to take an interest in her activities. A leak concerning the HMS Barham was later discovered. It seems that a secretary of the First Lord had been indiscreet to Professor Michael Poston of the Ministry of Economic Warfare. Poston said that he believed that he had been told officially, therefore he was not arrested. Helen Duncan was found to be in possession of a mocked-up HMS Barham hatband. This apparently related to an alleged manifestation of the spirit of the dead sailor on the HMS Barham, although Duncan apparently did not know that after 1939, sailors' hatbands carried only HMS and did not identify their ship. She was initially arrested under Section 4 of the Vagrancy Act of 1824, a minor offense tried by the magistrates. The authorities regarded the case as more serious and eventually discovered Section 4 of the Witchcraft Act, 1735, covering fraudulent spiritual activity, which was triable by jury chargeable alongside her in conspiracy to contravene this act were Ernest and Elizabeth Homer, who operated the Psychic Center in Portsmouth, and Francis Brown, who was Duncan's agent and went with her to set up seances. There were seven counts, two of conspiracy to contravene the Witchcraft Act, two of obtaining money by false pretenses, and three of the common law offense of public mischief prosecution may be explained by the mood of suspicion prevailing at the time. The authorities were afraid that she could continue to reveal classified information. 
There were also concerns that she was exploiting the recently bereaved, as the recorder noted when passing sentence. Duncan's trial for fraudulent witchcraft was a minor cause in wartime London. Alfred Dodd, a historian and senior Freemason, testified that he was convinced she was authentic. The trial was complicated by the fact that a police raid on the seance in Portsmouth leading to the arrest of Helen Duncan yielded no physical evidence of the fraudulent use of cheesecloth and was therefore based entirely on witness testimony, the majority of which denied any wrongdoing. Duncan was barred by the judge from demonstrating her alleged powers as part of her defense against being fraudulent. The jury brought in a guilty verdict on count one, and then the judge discharged them from giving verdicts on the other counts as he held they were alternative offenses for which Duncan might have been convicted had the jury acquitted her on the first count. Duncan was imprisoned for nine months, Brown for four months, and the homers were bound over. After the verdict, Winston Churchill wrote a memo to Home Secretary Herbert Morrison complaining about the misuse of the court's resources on this obsolete tomfoolery of the charge. It is important to note that her arrest came two years after the initial seance. This happened during another seance in 1944. Two lieutenants were among her audience at the seance on the 14th of January, 1944. One of these was a Lieutenant Worth, who was not impressed as a white cloth figure had appeared behind the curtains, claiming to be his aunt, since he had no deceased aunt. In the same sitting, another figure appeared claiming to be his sister, but Worth replied that his sister was alive and well. Worth was disgusted by the seance and reported it to the police. This was followed up on the 19th of January, when undercover policemen arrested her at another seance as a white-shrouded manifestation appeared. This proved to be Duncan herself in a white cloth which she attempted to conceal when discovered and she was then arrested. On her release from jail in 1945, Duncan promised to stop conducting seances, but she was arrested during another one in 1956. She died at her home in Edinburgh a short time later. Duncan's trial almost certainly contributed to the repeal of the Witchcraft Act which was contained in the Fraudulent Mediums Act 1951, promoted by Walter Monslow. The campaign to repeal the act had largely been led by Thomas Brooks, another labor MP who was a spiritualist. Duncan's original conviction still stood, and it was the subject of a sustained campaign to have it overturned. Duncan died at her home in Edinburgh on the 6th of December 1956, a short time after her last seance. Contrary to what some spiritualists have written, there was nothing strange or unusual about Duncan's death, nor was it caused by the police disturbing her quote-unquote trance. Duncan's medical records indicated that she had a long history of poor health, and as early as 1944, she was described as an obese woman who could move only slowly as she suffered from heart trouble. Don't say a word or die.
Yeah. Uh-huh. 